This morning is Hebrews 11:32 to 40. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were killed with a sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. And all of these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, church. It is, it is good to be here uh, and to meet the Lord this morning. And let's start with a word of prayer, asking him to speak to our hearts and to encourage our hearts to live as he wants us to live. Amen. Father, this is your word. It's meant for your glory and our good. It's meant to show us the Savior. It's meant to show us the way of salvation. It's meant to show us the way of faith and life. Shows us all these things as we read your word this morning and help us not only to understand, but to really believe it, to embrace it personally. For this we ask the help of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. This Sunday, we conclude chapter 11, the gallery of faith. Chapter 11 is an explanation of the last verse in chapter 10. If you open your Bible, and that's something beautiful that, Bert, thank you for, for this update, mission update, and we are so blessed to have our Bibles in our own language. So I will encourage all of you, if you are able to bring your Bibles and to open your Bibles with me when we are reading, because two things, you are going to make sure that I am not inventing something new. You are reading there and checking out. And second, if you are interested later to continue reading or to God is speaking in some Bible verse there, you can underline it. You can, you can write it and you can use it later for your own edification. So I will encourage you to bring your Bibles. And if you don't have a Bible, I can give you one. 
and I will dedicate it to you, and he's going to say, it's for you, bring it every Sunday. So, ask to me if you don't have a Bible. So, but verse 39, if you open your Bibles in chapter 10, that is exactly the first, the, the last verse of, of chapter 10 before chapter 11, and it says this, but we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and persevere their souls. When we put Hebrews 10, 39, together with Hebrews 11, we understand that the message here is that salvation is only by believing. And failure to believe or to attempt to go back from the faith because of suffering, that will lead us to deadly consequences. That will destroy us. So, Hebrews 11, the great chapter of faith, does not tell inspirational stories, but presents matters of eternal life and death. And after talking about the faith of the great saints in the Old Testament, from Abel to Joshua, the writer of Hebrews realizes that he has only covered the first six books of the Old Testament. He just covered Genesis to Joshua. So he won't have time to detail the rest of the books, the rest of heroes, the, the rest of people of the Old Testament. Therefore, he decides, he decides, he decides it is time to abbreviate his message. I'm happy to know that I am not the only preacher whose sermons are edited because of time constraints. And this is what we find in verse 32, the first verse that we read this morning. If you go with me to chapter 11 and you read with me, chapter 11, verse 32 says, and what more shall I say? For time we would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, and David, and Samuel, and the prophets. Lacking time, the author merely mentioned the names of these people. The mere mention of their name is inspiring to the church back then and is inspiring the church now as well. They inspire us to press and not to be afraid, to trust in God no matter the circumstances, hardships, or sufferings. And so, the final verses of Hebrews summarize what faith brings and what faith can do in the life of those who possess it. So the first summary that the writer is doing here about faith is faith conquers obstacles. If you go 
to the, next, to the verse that we just read, and we read it again. It says, And what more shall I say? For time will fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, and David, and Samuel, and the prophets. Look at the list of these men. They were people like you and me. But they received the power to do great things against enormous obstacles just because of their faith in God. Not, a, not because of their capabilities or because of their possibilities, but because of their faith. Look at Gideon. At God's direction, he obediently reduced his troops from 32,000 to 300. And with this small group of people armed with trumpets, yes, you heard well, he was armed with trumpets and pitchers with fire. Gideon conquered the army of the Midianites. Gideon's victory was a great act of faith in the invisible God. Look at Barak. He was obedient to God's word given through Deborah, and he defeated the great army of Sisera. And these with 10,000 men. Once again, faith in the living God was the common factor. Look at Samson. When we think of Samson, we don't think about him as a man of faith, right? But rather a big muscle man without a brain and a weakness for women. Even though he deviated many times from God's plan, once blinded and weak, he regained his spiritual perspective, and in a great act of faith, he prayed, and he received the strength to do what God planned for him. Look at Jephthah. You would not imagine Jephthah as a man of faith either. He was the son of a prostitute who was driven out of his town by his half-brothers and became sort of like a Hebrew Robin Hood. But once the people of Israel were in trouble, the elders of his town then called him back to help defend Israel. He becomes their leader, and God uses him to, by faith, conquer their enemies. This Jephthah made a terrible mistake later on. But I will not tell you that because that's going to be your homework today. Go to the book of Judges and read chapter 11 and you will find who was Jephthah. But it pleased God to have him among all these men of 
faith. Look at King David. David is known for his great acts of faith, starting with the defeat of Goliath, to whom he cried, It is not by sword or the spear that the Lord saves, for the battle belongs to the Lord, and he will give all of you into my hands. What a statement of a young man with a strong faith. Look at the prophet Samuel. Samuel had lived a life of faith since he was a young and served Eli in the, in the Lord's house, in the temple. He fiercely delivered God's word through faith to anyone, even to the unfaithful King Saul. He lived his life in faith, obeying and believing in God. And all these people have two things in common. First of all, all of them lived in a time when faith were rare. Was rare, I'm sorry. All of them lived in a time when believing in God was not the norm. And everything was against them. They lived during the days of the judges when everyone did was, was, what was right in their own eyes. Everybody did what they wanted to do. But these men stood along against moral obstacles, social obstacles, and personal weaknesses. And that is the faith God wants us to have. The kind of faith that is rare these days and requires us to trust and obey God against all odds and against the opinion of the rest. The second thing in common is that all six of them were not what you would call good or special people. Yet God used them anyway. Gideon was weak. Barak was hesitant, foolish, and crude. Samson was selfish and superficial. Jephthah was reckless and impulsive. David was sensual. And Samuel did not instruct his children in the ways of the Lord. When I think of all of these men, I thank the Lord because there is hope for me. And there is hope for you as well. They were not the best of the best. They were like you and me. And that is the message for all of us. As believers, we have unlimited... Oops.
So, Jay, can you help us to close those doors so then we can start again? <laughs> Sorry? Ah, continue, yes. I'm not going to start the sermon again, don't worry. <laughs> yes, thank you, darling, good, <laughs> good point. Don't you worry. <laughs> yeah. I know this is going to be difficult for us to continue, so why we don't take just a couple of uh, seconds to pray, to, to ask the Lord to settle uh, our hearts, to give us uh, the rest, and we will continue then. Lord, uh, we praise you because it was not a fire, and we give you thanks for that, and uh, we ask you that you will you will bring back our hearts and our minds to you. And we are going to uh, redirect our, our thoughts uh, to you and that we will be worshiping you while we listen to your word. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Look. And listen to what I was going to say before the alarm. As believers, we have unlimited faith capacity that would surprise not only others, but most of all, ourselves. And this is the, 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 the phrase that I was going to say before. We each possess inner spiritual gunpowder that faith can detonate. And if you don't believe me, read with me verses 33 to 35. Go to your Bible and let's read together verses 33 to 35 to the first part of verse 35. And it says, look what they did. Who through faith conquer kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, and put foreign armies to flight. Women receive back their dead by resurrection. What an impressive list of things that these men were able to do through faith. Don't you think this was a beautiful encouragement for a church under the dark skies of Nero's persecution. When the book of Hebrews was written, was when Nero was rising on as an emperor. It's when persecution started in the church. But the message 
for the church was the church must believe one thing. God's delight in bringing about mighty victories through people of faith, even through the hardest obstacles. That is the lesson for all of us as well. God can deliver us triumphantly from anything if he so pleases. God can deliver us from sickness, injustice, the growing oppression of a pagan culture. Whatever we are facing now that appears to us impossible. He can do it once and he can do it now. But we must remember this. It is always by faith. By faith in who God is and in his word. Now, if the account of faith stopped right here, it could leave us with the very dangerous false impression impression that faith keeps us from suffering, right? It is common to hear, if we only have enough faith, we will never be sick, or we will never be poor or troubled in any way. But verses 35, the second part of verses 35 to 38, contradict such a way of thinking. These verses tell us about other men and women who trusted God and yet passed through the hardest of trial and did not see apparent victory. This doesn't mean that they were less triumphant than the others. No. It means that through the same faith, they receive the power to endure the trials to the end. A couple of weeks ago, I was talking with Annelise, and Annelise was telling me all these uh, biographies that she had read about missionaries who had died, that were tortured, that were eaten by the lions on the Roman Colosseum. And she was telling me, Daddy, I don't want to suffer as a martyr. I don't want that to happen to me. What do you say to your daughter when she is telling you that? I just told her, God will give you the same faith that they receive when they were passing through all these trials. That is the second thing, a summary of faith. Faith endures suffering. Look at verses 35, the second part of verse 35 to 38. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. 
Others suffer mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were killed with the sword, they went about in skin of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in desert and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. These accounts change the emphasis presented in the previous verses. Sometimes we will not conquer or escape. Sometimes we will not become mighty or victorious. But faith will enable us to faith suffering and adversity with serenity. I think endurance is a gift in the Christian life that requires even greater faith than conquering kingdoms. As our passage describes, some were tortured and others accepted their death rather than renounce their faith. Others were in chains and in prisons. Some were ridiculed, abused, and beaten, or cut in half. And at the end of Hebrews 11.38, we have this statement, strong statement, of whom the world was not worthy. I love this phrase because it clearly states that these men and women were thought, they were thought unfit by the world because of their faith in God, when in reality, this world was not worthy of them. The world thought they were unfit for this world. But in reality, this world was not worthy of them. This world did not deserve to have these people of faith. And therefore, Hebrews 11:16 says, God is not ashamed to be called our God. For he has prepared for them a city. Faith endures until the end. And last part of this summary of faith is that faith gives us perspective. Look what verses 39 to 40 says. Go with me to the last two verses of this great chapter of faith. And all these, though commanded through their faith, did not receive what was promised, 
since God had provided something better for us. That apart from us, they should not be made perfect. These saints and heroes of the faith did not receive what they were promised. Some obtained great victories, did great deeds, and endured endure great trials, but none of them obtained what they were promised. And the question is, why? Why they did not receive what they were promised? The answer is because they were not promised success. They were not promised victory or a long life or a comfortable life full of richness and health. No, verse 40 answers clearly this. Because God had provided something better for us. And thus, apart from us, they should not be made perfect. What is this something better for us? Well, God promised for them and for us a Savior. God promised for them and for us a rescuer, a solution for our separation between him and us. The key word here is better. It is the key to the whole book of Hebrews, which speaks of better things in Christ, a better plan a better priest, a better covenant, a better sacrifice, a better blood, and a better home forever. These heroes of faith in the Old Testament were waiting to see all these better things. And these better things can be seen only through faith in Jesus Christ. Those men and women in the Old Testament saw Jesus as better. So they die waiting for what we know, we now see clearly at Calvary. By the faith, these great heroes of the Old Testament, they saw Jesus at Calvary. They look by faith to the future and they look by faith to the cross. That was the promised for them. And now we look by faith to the same place, back to the cross, because that is are promised. 
So let us remember that in the end, as these saints of faith in the Old Testament, when all, when all else is gone, what will matter is our faith. This was the right perspective for them. And this is the right perspective for us as well. It is only through faith in what better means that we are saved. It's by our faith on the cross that these men in the Old Testament were made perfect with us. Because together we are looking to the same place that is Jesus. If we look back to chapter 11, we will see a list of people who believed God. Some were Jews and others were not. Some were rich and others were poor. Some were men, some were women, some were loved, and some were hated. Some were successful, and some were not. What is it then that puts their names on this blessed list of God's beloved? It is only one thing. Faith. Someday we will look back and realize how insignificant were many of the things we now think are so important. Our appearance, our education, our reputation, our homes our families, our jobs, our positions. But in the end, our faith is what really matters. Faith gives us the right perspective. With faith, we gain Christ and his cross, the forgiveness of sin and life everlasting. Without faith, we are left to perish with the useless things of this world. The 20th century martyr, Jim Elliot, was right when he said, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Again, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. And that, my dear brother and sister, is our faith. Let's pray. 
thank you, Lord, for this beautiful chapter to point us to the better things that you prepare for us even before the foundation of the earth. Thank you for being a good, good father who who thought to reunite us. Those of old in the Old Testament, those new in the New Testament, in one central point, the cross. We pray this morning that as we saw this gallery of saints who endure through faith, you will give us the same faith, Lord, to endure till the end. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together and let's sing these this beautiful song who talks about who is God and how good is He.